Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Hey, take your Bibles this morning. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. We're going to begin by reading verses 1 through 3. And as these verses are read, I, I want to encourage you to take in through your eyes and to hear with your ear, ears each word, each word. Because the words that we're going to read right here uh, lay the foundation for the entire study that we're embarking on today. This is not just a mere introduction, but it truly is the foundation that is needed to move forward. So let's look, beginning with verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Heavenly Father, as we take a step today into this new series in the book of Revelation, it is my prayer that your son, Jesus Christ, will be lifted up, that he will be revealed throughout the study, that he will be worshipped for who he truly is, that we will come to see him in ways that perhaps we've never seen him before. May we be truly amazed at his greatness, his grandeur, his majesty. Those of us who know him by faith and follow him, may we be strengthened even more in our relationship with him. And may we see the need to draw closer to him than we've ever been. And I pray for those who do not yet know Jesus in this way, that as they encounter these things, that your spirit would open their eyes. That your spirit would cause faith to arise in their heart. And that they also would come to know Jesus as their Savior, their Lord, and their King. Help me to communicate well. May you be lifted up. May the people be benefited, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this is the first uh, day of a long journey ahead as we seek to understand and apply the many prophetic truths that are found in the book of Revelation. Revelation is really unique, and it is a book with many faces, and I want to share a couple of those with you here this morning. If you have your note guide, this would be an opportune time to pull it out and to prepare yourself to record a few things. First of all, Revelation is a mysterious book. 
It is a mysterious book. It is filled with images and symbols and characters that are intended to enlighten the mind and instruct the soul of Christ followers concerning their Savior and the plans that he has for earth as well as for heaven. As we go through this book, we're going to see a lot of different symbols and images. We're going to be introduced to a dragon. We're going to talk about a beast, one of the... um, Uh, expressions of the beast uh, shows him with seven heads and ten horns that's a that's quite the sight isn't it Babylon will be talked about we talked about Babylon when we were in Daniel uh, and it also is a symbol there four living creatures and 24 elders in heaven the false prophet the antichrist we could go on and on but I think what we will discover and probably what we already know is that revelation at the core is mysterious in so many ways. Secondly, Revelation is an integrated book. It takes basically the many revelations that are given throughout the whole of Scripture and it ties them together. It it brings them ultimately to their intended end and it reveals where God is going with his creation. Some of the books that Revelation is integrated with would be Daniel, Ezekiel, Psalms, Isaiah, Zechariah, Matthew, just to name a few. Revelation is an integrated book. Revelation is a frightening book for those who do not know Christ as their Savior and Lord. And it's frightening because it describes in horrific detail the wrath of the Lamb of God upon the world that has rejected him as their Messiah and King. As we get into the book, we will see a scroll with seven seals. We will hear seven trumpets, and we will experience seven bold judgments, all of these together which will shake this world and those living on it to its very core. So it's a frightening book. But it's also an encouraging book. It's an encouraging book for the body of Christ. It's encouraging because it shows how nothing nor anyone can thwart God's eternal plan. It's encouraging because we see how Christ, who was crucified for sin and resurrected to new life, is exalted as the eternal King of kings and Lord of lords. And it's encouraging because we learn how his saints will rule and reign with him forever. In addition to that, there are other things that we'll find in the book of Revelation that are very encouraging. We will find Satan defeated. We will find him bound for a thousand years where he has absolutely no impact or any connection with humanity at all. He will be loosed for a little while, but then we see his final end as he is condemned to eternal torment in the lake of fire. We will also see in Revelation Jesus, our Savior, personally ruling with his saints on this earth from Jerusalem. It will be the beginning of his eternal kingdom that will never falter or fail. And we will see it as it comes to full maturity in the new heaven and earth where sin and death have no part. So it's an encouraging book. And finally, Revelation is divinely inspired scripture breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction 
and for training in righteousness that the man and yes of course the woman also of God may be completely equipped for every good work 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 through 17 and so there is so much in this book and when you couple it together with the with the other passages of scripture both old and new testament when you connect those together it could easily take 3 to 4 years to do an in-depth study of it all. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you see it, I don't feel that I'm really qualified to do that in-depth of a study. But that's no big deal because I don't even feel the Holy Spirit is calling me to do that in-depth of a study. What I believe, though, that he is calling me to do is to present a careful, systematic treatment of the text that is intended to help us grasp its communication, to understand its relevance in our lives, present and future, and discover how the Holy Spirit would have us respond to it for the glory of Christ, for the benefit of ourselves, as well as the benefit of others who are in our sphere of influence. And so today, the goal and next Sunday as well, is for us to simply get acquainted. I want us to get acquainted with this book that we will be in for quite a long time. Today we're going to receive a very brief overview. Uh, We are going to also consider what we should expect and what we should not expect as we go through the series. I'm going to identify a partial roadmap of what we're going to encounter between today and February the 4th, 2024. Again, a partial. It's not going to end there. We're just getting started. And finally, today, I want to talk a little bit about what are the goals uh, for this study. Now, next week, we're going to come back to Revelation 1, 1 through 3 again. We're going to take a little closer look at that scripture specifically to identify what the focus is, the transmission of the text, and also the blessing that has been given uh, to those who uh, read and study this book of Revelation. So as it relates to a general overview, let's get started. I want to begin here with this uh, statement. Number one, Revelation is the last book in the canon of Scripture. It is the last book in the canon of Scripture. You say, well, Pastor Mike, what, what do you mean by canon? Well, the word canon in this context comes from the classical Greek word cane, and it means standard or rule or measure. Standard, rule, or measure, as in what is the measure or standard for a writing to be classified as Scripture, to be classified as God's Word? Now, what that standard is, would take us probably weeks to uncover, but that's really not our focus right now. But of those writings that meet this standard, those writings are called canonical. And the ones that do not are called non-canonical. There are 66 canonical books that make up the Bible. And these 66 books have endured the scrutiny of countless scholars, theologians, church councils, and detractors. 
And over and over again, these 66 books have proven their canonical nature, that they meet the standard to be considered the Word of God, to be considered Scripture. Revelation, then, is the last in time as it relates to the canonical writings that we have. Written in 95-96 A.D., simply meaning that all other canonical writings had taken place before this. And so it's the last in time. But we also find that Revelation is the final canonical book to be given, thus completing the canon of Scripture. So it's the last in time, and it's the last book of the canon to be given. And so that means then that the canon is complete giving us God's revelation from how creation began as we study the book of Genesis all the way through to how creation will end and what comes next and we'll discover those things as we go through the book of Revelation. So Revelation is the last, it is the final book of the canon of Scripture and there is no more that is going to be coming. And I think that's really an important thing for us to recognize in this day and time as there will be those out there who claim that they have new revelation, new scripture, something more to be added, but clearly we discover that revelation closed out the canon and we have all of the word of God that we are going to get in this age. Uh, Not that he doesn't have more to say, but he said, said all that he needs to say for us to know him, to walk with him, and to understand how to live for him. Number two, Revelation is a heavenly book. Uh, we are going to literally be taken into the throne room of heaven as we go throughout this book of Revelation. I want us to just take a quick look at Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 12 just to kind of give us a glimpse at how Revelation does take us there. And as I read this and you read it along with me, I just want you to allow your mind to picture what is being said here. Revelation chapter 7, beginning with verse 9. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne, around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God. Imagine being able to worship God personally. If you are born again, if you are a son or daughter of God through Jesus Christ right now, you're going to be in that scene. This is not something that has already happened. It's something that is coming. But the author of this book was taken into a place where he was able to see what was coming. And you and I, those of us who know Christ, we will be there. We will experience that one day, and we'll be able to worship Christ personally. Verse 12, saying, and this is what was being said in this scene of worship, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God 
forever and ever. Amen. What a scene. What a scene. As we move through the book of Revelation, we are going to catch several glimpses of heaven in its current state. But we will also catch some glimpses of a new heaven that is yet still to come. Number three, Revelation is a missional book. It's a missional book. It instructs the church about our mission, identifying the weaknesses that hinder our mission, about the judgment that comes if the problems that have been identified are not dealt with, and also a prescription for how to get back on track when things get off the path in which they should be. We'll be looking at this this fall in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. Revelation chapter 2 and 3, chapters 2 and 3 record Jesus' personal message, his personal letters to seven churches, to seven bodies of Christ. And in these letters that the Lord Jesus sends to them, we will find several um, parts. For most of them, I think there's only one that is excluded, there's a commendation. Jesus says, these are the things that I see that you're doing that are good, that are honoring, that are pleasing. I think for all but one, if I'm remembering correctly, there's a criticism. The things that are bad. You're doing some good things, but here's some things that are seriously wrong. And these are things that need to be addressed. They need to be fixed. And of course, the Lord doesn't just make a criticism without offering a way to understand how to deal with the problem. And so he gives a prescription for those that he criticizes. This is what you need to do. This is how you can move forward. He also, in these letters, offers a warning telling these churches, this is what's going to happen to you if you ignore my message. If you say, well, you know what, we're doing these good things and it's not such a big deal that we're not doing these things over here, uh, so we're good. Jesus says, no, you're not good. And I, and I want to tell you that there could be some disastrous consequences for ignoring the message that I send. And so he offers a warning, but then he ends with a reward, a reward. These are the blessings that await if by faith you... Uh, Repent and comply if you come to that position of obedience, trusting me uh, to empower you to be the church that I've called you to be. Now, it's at this point that um, I, I want to challenge us to consider what our Lord Jesus would say to us, the mission church. What would he say to us if he was writing to us a personal letter? And I had to stand up here and read it. What would he say? You know, he has given us a mission. We look at it every single time we come in the west side doors. It's plastered up there above the doors. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. That is the mission that he has given us. It is my hope that we're making positive strides in that mission. But I do have to wonder, even if we are making positive strides 
in that mission, what kind of grade would the Lord Jesus assign to us? Would it be an A or a D? Hopefully not an F. By the way, did any of you ever get an Never mind, I'm not going to get into that kind of personal <laughs> stuff. I did, but anyway. But I do wonder, would the Lord have a, condemna- a, co- a commendation for us? And what would that be? What would he say? Mission Church, these are the things that I see that you are doing good. Things I am pleased in. Things that I want you to continue to do. Things I, I don't want you to ever lose sight of. Would he have a commendation? What would it be? I don't know. I didn't come here today with that revelatory knowledge. I don't know what it would be, but I do wonder. You know? What would his criticism be? Yeah, you're doing some good things, but I got to tell you, friends, you're really missing the mark here. Pastor Mike, you're not leading the way you should. Congregation, you're not following me, Jesus, as you should. I don't know. What would he say? And what prescription would he give to tell us this is what you need to do? This is how you can get back on track and find yourself fully engaged in what I've given you to do? What warning would he offer? What would he say to us in this day and time is going to be the consequence if we refuse to listen to that uh, criticism? I want to say this to us. Make no mistake, church, our Lord is watching. He is watching And he is evaluating. And he is either finding pleasure or grief in our representation of him and his gospel in our community. But as we go through those chapters and as we look at those seven churches, I think it would be appropriate that we would be asking ourselves, how are we doing? And not just discovering how they were doing. Number four, Revelation is a revealing book. A revealing book. Revelation reveals Jesus. That's the point of it. It is a book that reveals Jesus. Not as a suffering servant, as the Gospels present him, but as the judge of all creation and as the risen, conquering king of all creation. Revelation unveils his agenda for the earth and mankind during the last days prior to his return, as well as his agenda that follows his victory over Satan and those rejecting him as the Messiah and as God. So Revelation is all about revealing. And since we're talking about revealing, I want to just go a little deeper into that as it relates to the word revelation itself. Revelation is translated from the Greek word apocalypsis. It's where we get our word apocalypse. How many of you are uh, familiar with the word apocalypse? Anybody not familiar with the word apocalypse? I don't think there would be anybody who would raise their hand unless they were three years old. They might not be uh, familiar with it at that age, but we're all very familiar with it. And we're familiar with it because the word has become almost universally accepted as a word that means destruction and devastation and annihilation. When we think of 
something being apocalyptic. That's what we're thinking of. You know, just recently in the fires, that, uh, the tragic fires that happened in Hawaii, I heard one of the reporters, you know, this is a, an apocalyptic scene. Look at the destruction, the devastation. Popular movies that come out, and when the word apocalypse is used, what, what is it there to communicate? It's there to communicate total chaos. Everything's falling apart. But I'm here today to tell you that that's not what the word means, and that connotation of destruction and devastation and annihilism is forced on the word. Okay? It actually means reveal. Unveil. Remove the cover. That's what the word means. So as we come to Revelation, which is an apocalyptic book, we need to understand that its primary purpose is not to show us all kinds of chaos, even though we will see some of it. But the primary purpose is to reveal, to unveil, to remove the cover so that we can see Christ as he really is. And that's what the book of Revelation is. It is God's supernatural unveiling of his son, Jesus. It is the cover being lifted off so that we can see him as he is. One more thing I want to say about the word Revelation and the book of Revelation before I move on to the next uh, section and that is that the book's title is Revelation, not Revelations. I know that's nitpicky, but the bottom line is the revelation is singular. It's not Revelations. It's Revelation. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. He is the center focus of it all. It is unveiling him. All that other stuff that will be revealed is all subset to his revelation. It's part of him being revealed. So if we're in the habit of saying revelations, let's try to get out of the habit. Now, I just know myself, I'm just mistake prone. And before this sermon is over, I'll probably say it, and then you'll all be laughing, and then you'll be saying, Pastor Mike, you said revelations. It's not supposed to be revelations. I know, I know. But let's all work together to get it right. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Moving on, let's talk a little bit about expectations. You know, if, if I know anything about this journey that we're embarking on, it's that there are a plethora of expectations from you it's just a fact and I would be willing to bet that they are all over the board of what your expectations are I've been a little bit overwhelmed as we've been leading up to this day and especially this morning with everybody, oh, I'm so excited for this study. I can't wait for this study. <laughs> and I appreciate that. I would hate to have you say, oh, I, this is terrible, Pastor. Why are you doing that? No, I, I'm glad you're excited. And yet, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, man, I know they're excited and they've got expectations. And will I be able to meet their expectations? And the answer is no. <laughs> but the good news is I'm not here to meet your expectation, right? Um, I'm not at all. Uh, 
So I want to take a few minutes to talk about expectations with the hope of shaping your expectations so that you'll be expecting the right things. Okay? So let's start off with the positive, what to expect. I want you to expect to encounter Jesus like you've never encountered him before. Because he is so much different in Revelation than he is in the Gospels. You say, Pastor Mike, what does that mean? Does that mean he has changed or that he has evolved? No, not at all. Not at all. The Gospels show us Jesus, the Christ, from the perspective of him being the suffering servant for salvation. That's the whole point of the Gospels is to bring that out. And Jesus is and will always be a servant of salvation. But we find also that he is conquering king. He is a conquering king who meets out judgment on his enemies and then lavishes love and security on those who follow him. So as we go through, you're going to see a different Jesus in the sense that it's not all about healing the sick and getting the lost to be uh, able to go to heaven. Uh, You're going to see some pretty serious judgment and it's going to be coming from his hand and will give you a different perspective of his holiness. Number two, I want you to expect a systematic approach to the book. A systematic approach to the book. We're not going to be rushed. I know that some of us are just dying to get to all those symbols and images and the seven-headed this and the ten-horned that and all the rest of that, and we'll get there eventually unless the Lord returns first, and then it won't matter. But we're, 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 going, we're not going to be rushed. We're going to take our time, but we're not going to lag either. I don't want to just drag this thing on and on and on at any one particular spot. There is a lot to be considered in this book, and the way we're going to do it is we're going to consider it one step at a time. We're not going to be rushing. We're not going to be running. We're going to be taking one step at a time, just like today. Today is just one step. Number three, expect a biblical approach to the book. A biblical approach to the book. Well, what I mean by that is that I'm not going to be pushing any particular group's perspective. So I'm not going to be coming at this from a Baptist perspective or a Presbyterian perspective or a charismatic perspective or a Roman Catholic perspective. I'm not here to push any denomination's thoughts. I'm not here to push any particular group's uh, uh, conclusions about the book. Now, obviously, as I go through and share what I'm going to share from Scripture, and that's my goal is to make this as scripturally centered and based as is humanly possible, you're going to hear some things that your favorite Revelation guru says as well. And that's fine. I guess on those parts we're agreed. You're going to also hear some things that your favorite revelation guru doesn't say, and you're going to want to argue about it, okay? But I don't want to argue unless you're buying me dinner. (laughs) And even then, I really don't want to argue too terribly much. That's upsetting to the digestive system, right? But my goal is simply to do this. I'm not here to put down other people's views. I'm not here to put up somebody else's view. I'm here to take this thing one step at a time through the book, let the Scripture say what it says. Let us then understand it in relationship to, um, to the other books that are prophetic in nature. And then 
Let us adjust any errant beliefs that we may have, aligning ourselves with what is true according to Scripture rather than tradition. And number four, we should expect that revelation, that the Spirit will use revelation to warn us. There's a lot here for us to take in in that perspective, that he will overwhelm us. Believe me, I've been overwhelmed so much. We're going to be overwhelmed at times. He's also going to use it to transform us, and that's the goal, to mold us into the image of Jesus Christ, God's Son. He's going to use it to encourage us, because for the body of Christ, there is much to be encouraged about in the book of Revelation. He's going to use it to excite us about God's plan for the days that are yet ahead. So, if those are the things that we should expect, what might be some things that we should not expect? I've got three. Number one, uh, do not expect the sensational. Okay? Don't expect the sensational. There is plenty of sensational in the text as it is. All right? And we will encounter those things because they're part of the text. But I'm not going to be making things bigger So for the sake of creating some kind of extra buzz that some people are prone to do when they come to the book. There's enough excitement. There's enough sensationalism there. We don't need to add any additional to it. This next one I think is really important. Do not expect an emphasis on current events to interpret Revelation. Do not expect an emphasis on current events to interpret Revelation. Now, there may be current events that find a place in Revelation. But get this, church. Current events cannot interpret Revelation. We're going at it wrong when we sit and watch the TV and see the things going on in the world and use those things to interpret the book. It doesn't work that way. I mean, there have been current events throughout history that people have tried to put on top of Revelation only to find 30 years later or 100 years later, oops, we got that one wrong. There may be current events going on that may find their place there I don't know we'll see but we're not going to use current events to interpret it revelation is to be interpreted according to the contextual grammatical genre approach you say genre that's the type of literature Uh, revelation is a type of literature it is apocalyptic meaning it is unveiling it is revealing and there is a certain way that we go about seeking to interpret that type of literature that may be different from a narrative or some other kind of biblical literature. We also need to understand that Revelation is to be interpreted in correlation with the many other prophetic passages that are part of God's prophetic revelation. And so from time to time, we're going to find ourselves in other books, specifically probably Old Testament books, some new as we seek to understand the text that we are looking at on any particular given week. 
And finally, and I'm sure that all of you already know this, but it needs to be said, don't expect any rapture date setting or antichrist identification announcements. Okay? There won't be any. There won't be any. When's the rapture going to happen, Pastor? I don't have a clue. I don't know. I'd be satisfied if it happened right now, and I wouldn't have to finish this message. And I wouldn't have to get the emails from the people who don't like what I said, and we could just all be worshiping around the throne. Amen? <laughs> it may not, though. So we'll press on. So I don't know when the rapture is going to happen. Of course, some people even say there is no rapture, Pastor. What are you even talking about? And we're not going to be trying to identify the Antichrist. And no, I'm not him. Okay? I'm sure in times past there have been a few people who accused me of it. So what to expect, what not to expect. These are things I think that are important for us to kind of grasp as we're taking our first step in. Okay? The road ahead, where are we going in the near future? Well, I want to share a little bit about that with you. So today, next Sunday, is all about getting acquainted with Revelation. Today's a lot of general stuff. Next week, we'll be more specific to verses 1 through 3, and we'll be pulling specific points out of that text, and we'll be looking at those in particularly Revelations. Revelation. That was, I did not do that on purpose. That was... A, <laughs> Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. September the 17th through October the 1st, three Sundays, we're going to be looking at John's heavenly vision, which is uh, Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 20. And we'll be breaking that down into three separate messages as we consider John's heavenly vision. October the 8th through November the 26th, uh, we'll be looking at Jesus' personal letters uh, to the seven churches, Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. And that will be the bulk of our fall uh, focus. Um, come December, December the 3rd through the 17th, three Sundays in December. There's four this year, four, five. There's, there is five by one day. Um, we're going to take a break from Revelation itself, but we're going to continue looking at material that will help us as we go forward in Revelation. So December the 3rd through the 17th, we're going to be talking about biblical eschatology, a brief overview. We're going to be looking at what is the doctrine of eschatology, just to kind of, by the way, eschatology means the study of last things or end time. What is the doctrine of eschatology? We're going to also consider what dispensationalism is and how it impacts our understanding of eschatology. There's basically two lenses through which uh, most of Christianity looks at the Scripture, either dispensationalism or covenantalism. And I'll talk a little bit about covenantalism, but we will be focusing specifically on dispensationalism, that lens, and how it impacts our understanding of eschatology. And then on that final Sunday on these topics, we'll be looking at what does Scripture, excuse me, does Scripture teach the rapture? There's a lot of folks these days who say it doesn't exist, the Bible doesn't teach it. 
okay, let's get honest, let's dig in, and let's find out what does the Scripture, what does a plain understanding of Scripture bring to us? And so I think those are three really important topics for our continuation. So we're going to do that. You say, well, Pastor Mike, that doesn't sound very Christmassy. Well, for those of you who are new to the church, there are years where we spend the entire month focused on the birth of Christ. We did that last year, by the way. And there are years where we don't focus on it at all until we get right up against uh, the Christmas, uh, Christmas Day. And so that's the way it's going to be this year. We're going to be looking at these things. And by the way, since Revelation is a revealing of Jesus, what better topic could you be looking at during the Christmas season than something that's revealing more about him? We will celebrate Christmas, though, December the 24th. Christmas Eve this year is on Sunday. And uh, we will be doing our Christmas Eve service on Sunday morning. We won't be doing it in the evening. We'll be doing it on Sunday morning. And that will be an all-out blowout, birth of Christ, you know, Christmas carols, the whole nine yards, and a message that is specifically related to his first advent. Just kind of giving you the, uh, what other things are happening. December 31st, uh, we're going to be reflecting on the year that has gone by, 2023, expectations from a biblical perspective. For 2024, January the 7th, as we cross into the new year, we always spend the first Sunday of every new year going back uh, to our mission and our vision and reestablishing that for ourselves as a church. We'll be doing that then. January 14th through the 28th, we'll be looking at John's second heavenly vision contained in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 through chapter 5, verse 14. And then when we're done with that, February the 4th comes and following. For the next little bit, quite a bit, we will begin our journey through the first half of the tribulation period that is revealed in the book of Revelation. So that's where we're going. Kind of a little roadmap for you and what to expect. As always, I reserve the right to change that if it's necessary. But we're going to try to stick to the plan. So a natural question is this. How long are we going to be in Revelation? <laughs> Forever. <laughs> no. So I'm estimating about two years. Two years. Because we're not doing Sunday morning. Sunday. I always have Sunday mornings. So it's one shot a week, right? And so um, we'll be taking breaks quarterly because of Easter or something else, you know. We can't just focus on that all the time, but it's going to be our primary focus, and I'm, I'm estimating about two years to get through it. Another question to be dealt with is, what are my expectations for us collectively as we study Revelation? What are the goals? What are we doing this for? What is the intended, hope-filled Result. Well, it is my prayer that everyone who encounters this study will see Jesus in his glory and in his power. For the Christian, that we will grow in our confidence of his grasp on creation, on time, and where it is all going. That we will discover the importance of living daily in the expectation of his return. And that we will purpose to live out the mission that he has given us until that day 
occurs. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm shooting for. That's what I'm praying for. For the non-Christian, because we'll have non-Christians checking us out online or even coming to the church, that happens all the time, and that's great. My prayer is that they will be convinced of their current condemned position before God because of their sin. That their eyes will be opened to Jesus as judge of all mankind as well as the only Savior of mankind. And that that will draw them to repent, turning to Christ in faith to receive God's grace. And then as newborn children of God, that they will grow in their knowledge of Christ and walk with him in his mission to bring others to saving faith and to disciple them to spiritual maturity. So there is this goal for the believer, a goal for the unbeliever, and ultimately the goal to honor our Savior and to grow in our understanding and our walk with him. That brings me to this question. Do you know Christ as your Savior? I think the majority of you in the room would shake your head affirmatively. Yes, I do, and that's great. It's awesome. I'm, I'm thrilled about that, but I'm confident that in this room there are people who maybe you know religion, but you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Certainly, I'm confident that there may be people who are online right now or who will be connecting with us somewhere down the road or maybe in the overflow room. Again, you, you may have religion but you don't know Jesus. I just want to tell you, Jesus is God's son. He is God in flesh, and he came to this world to give his life in payment for human sin. And having done that, having borne our guilt and our shame, and having made a propitiation, which means a satisfaction to God the Father for our sins, he rose from the dead with new life and a willingness to give that to whomever will come to him in faith and repentance, trusting him and him alone for salvation. That's not about religion, friend. That's about a relationship with the Son of God. Father, you know, because you, you gave us this revelation, that it's not the easiest to grasp, but it's not impossible. And I'm just looking to you in the weeks to come that not only... Will you help me to grasp and to be able to communicate with you? You'll help us corporately to grasp so that we may be better, bolder witnesses for Jesus Christ because we see him more and more as he really is. And may this study be life-transforming and cause us to live in this difficult time with excitement because we can see because you've given it to us, what's coming, and how the Lord Jesus will reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. So, Father, strengthen us and help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.